What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Marriage Mondays here on the Gravity Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm your other host, Jamie. And today we're giving you an up-close and personal look into our lives. What are we calling this, Chris? I think we're calling it Raw and Real. That's right. Raw and Real, folks. We're going to be doing something... Well, we've never really done this before, have we? Never. Yeah, what are we doing? Uh, Today, we are going to share a journal entry from each of us. We each kept our own set of journal entries while Chris was away at treatment. And you will hear his entry and my entry from the same day. I'm a little nervous. I'm not usually nervous, but I am a little nervous for this one. So you may never even hear this, folks. Well, I guess if you're listening, then you are hearing it. But uh, we're hitting record. We're recording it. And we'll see where it goes. I don't know, Jane, what do you think? Do we give us a shot? Absolutely. Here we go. So as we get started here, Chris is going to start with his journal entry. How many days had you been at Deer Hollow at this point, Chris? Yeah, I was there for 18 days. And for whatever reason, I decided I was going to journal through this whole process. Um, I knew there's value in value in journaling and being mindful and, and, and taking time to record what's going on in your mind. It's just not something I've been very disciplined at over my life. I think I was given a journal when I graduated high school and I think I still have that journal. There's like nine pages used and I've journaled like eight different points in my life. Stuff happens. Stuff happens. So uh, this is day 18. I did want to rewind back to day 16. I'm not going to read that entry but on day 16, I had gone to my primary therapist and told her that I wanted to go home at day 30. I had looked at the front of the manual. It talked about it being a four to five week program. I know math, folks. And when he gets a number in his mind, yeah. like, that's it. You can't take my mind off of that. Like, I get hyper fixated on it. So I went seven times four is 28. Seven times five is 35. I'm going to go home at day 30. And so that's what picks up here on on day 18, July 28th. Rough day. Possibly the toughest day that that I've been here. I had a buildup of anticipation for the day. I saw the lead therapist in the morning. I asked if they had discussed my request to leave at day 30. She told me yes and asked if my therapist, my primary therapist, could communicate the message. I said okay. Prior to our first group session, my primary therapist asked when I wanted to talk. I told her immediately. As we met, I told her that I had trust issues. I communicated that one of the male therapists comment to me that I was causing problems in reference to my 30-day departure request and the lack of communication from both her and the case manager was causing my, my feelings of distrust. My primary therapist apologized. She explained how she had tried communicating with me the previous day and had missed me. We spoke for a while, and then she told me that I needed to remain until day 35, or they would list it as AMA, against medical advice. I told my therapist that I was going to call my lawyer. I walked to the house and requested my cell phone to call my lawyer. A woman at the tech window asked if it was for an issue inside the house or outside the house. I told her both. I asked for my phone again. 
They ended up giving me my phone. I called my lawyer, my wife, Jamie, and one of the part owners of Deer Hollow. Not my proudest moment. My lawyer was amazing. He told me that I could walk away if I wanted to. He told me that I was there to get better and that if that was not the right fit, we could find somewhere else. He recommended me staying, but he supported me. The part owner told me that the 35 days was not black and white and that it was on a case-by-case basis. And he asked me if, if I thought I could trust staff still or not. And I told him that I wasn't sure. I spoke with Jamie. God bless my wife for so many reasons. She listened. She supported me by driving home to get me a phone number. I asked her opinion on what I should do. She paused. Wow. My brave, beautiful wife. She told me she thought I should stay. She encouraged me that I could do tough things. She pointed out that I was already there. I thanked her. She told me that it was really hard to tell me to stay. I needed her clear head. I re-engaged and said that I wanted to stay. My counselor challenged me to explore what happened within me. We had mind-body bridging therapy after I re-engaged the group. I was almost totally checked out. My body was energized for a fight. We had lunch next. I asked another one of the clients if I could speak with her. She was a mental health professional by trade, but one of the clients with me. She empathized, but also spoke truth from a therapist's perspective. Pretty much, me losing my stuff affirmed what they believed, that I needed more time, not less. One of the admissions supervisors stopped by the house later and checked on me. After lunch, we had yoga. I just laid on my back and I cried for an hour. I don't like the intensity in my response. I don't like that Jamie has been on the receiving or managing end of this response so many times. Now from my point of view, today was the hardest day since you've been gone. I knew you stirred up last night. You had spoken with a counselor about your exit date, and they didn't get back to you yesterday like they said they would. I know that was frustrating. We got our five minutes to talk last night. I heard it in your voice. Today when we spoke, it was surface level. Okay. And then you called me back on your cell phone. I knew something was wrong. You were all jacked up about being AMA if you left at 30. They told you that if you left before 35, you would be AMA. I know you felt backed into a corner. It was really hard to hear. I heard the fight in you. My hope and prayer is that you would use these things that you're learning to bring yourself down. You were ready to do podcasts against this place. You were ready to blast them on social media, write articles about it. And I knew that truly wasn't how you felt. But in the moment, I just listened. You gave me an opportunity to see how I felt. You didn't want me to hold anything back. 
You told me that I was the one you could trust. My prayer that God has prepared me for that. My prayers are that God has prepared me for that. I told you to rely on what you knew to be true. Not someone else's experience, not your counselor's opinion, but what you knew to be true. I encourage you to dig in and do the hard things. I told you you were capable of this and that you could do anything for five extra days. That would mean you're getting home on August 14th, one day before me, if they make you do the 35. What I don't want is for you to return home without the tools you need to be healthy. It was a really hard day for me. I questioned myself all day. I felt confident in my response. It's hard for me to say hard things to you, but when you open the door and don't respond negatively, it makes it easier the next time. If I can glean something to be thankful for out of your struggle right now, it's that you're a dear hollow having the struggle. You're having to use what you've learned to work through this. If you hadn't experienced the struggle there, would you truly be prepared to have a struggle when you're at home? I don't know. So for that, I'm thankful. I hope you can humble yourself and proceed forward. You mentioned you were embarrassed. I get it. I also know that you're a man that owns his actions. You can do this. So before we got off the phone, your cell phone, I encouraged you to dig in. Our five-minute evening phone call was filled with tears. And we busted the time by two minutes. I felt like such a rebel. You were apologetic for big reactions and the toll it would take on me keeping the family together over all these years. This is something I've already forgiven, but I'm not going to lie. It's been really difficult. I hope that you come home and it never happens again. I don't know if that's realistic. It's been very hard the last several years to navigate this. To live in a world where you're my person and I'm on eggshells, trying to keep our kids in line or picking up the pieces after the explosion. It's been so hard. When we got off the phone, you were going to give it the weekend. God, please keep Chris there if he needs to stay there. I don't share hard things with you mostly. I don't think it's fair for me to burden you with home stuff when you're working on you stuff. Charlie was going into a spiral today about missing her friends, and I told her it sounded hard and that she could either figure something out with friends or move on. She continued to lament. And I said, can't you see? I'm doing this alone. I felt guilty. God, please give me wisdom. I need your strength. I know you'll redeem this story, but this is so 
So that was our uh, most challenging day for for me, for sure, at Deer Hollow. For me as well, while you were there. Um, we share it just because, again, we've found in our lives when people are transparent with us, it gives us hope and strength. It helps us to um, recognize that we're not in this alone. If I could say anything that is of encouragement, it is to remain steadfast and seek out people who have walked this walk before because you're not alone. And you can do hard things. You know, it's always interesting when you're on the other side of a tough experience, you have uh, clarity. It's that Monday morning quarterback, that 2020 hindsight where you, you have a lot more clarity. And the funny thing was, didn't feel funny at the time, but I remember when I decided when I thought I wanted to go home, before I talked with my counselor, saying I wanted to go home at day 30, I had a thought in my mind that I would be okay with day 35. (laughs) And unfortunately, in between that first conversation on day 16 and the second conversation on day 18, I had someone make a joke. One of the other therapists there made a joke that I was causing problems. He heard I was causing problems. And that started a narrative going through my mind. Started a narrative going through my mind that that they were trying to keep me there longer than I needed to be. And then when my therapist didn't get back to me on day 17, that perpetuated the narrative, they're keeping me here longer than I need to be. And this isn't about my health, it's about just keeping me here. And I felt trapped. And and I was questioning the integrity of the entire program. Even though at that point, the entire counseling staff had done nothing but prove that you needed to be there that i needed to be there that they were competent in what they did the way they process responded to any of us any of us clients when we had big reactions everything they had done up to that point i I would have written glowing reviews for but now all of a sudden this one thing caused me to to i don't want to say be out of my mind because i was fully aware but like I, I knew that my that I was having a big reaction, but it felt so real. It felt so justified. I felt so absolutely justified at that point in it that when I sat down with my therapist and she said, if you go home before day 35, it's AMA. Instead of me going, okay, yeah, that's that's one of the days that you know I was kind of good with. Instead I was just I was ready to fight a fight. A part of me that I've now known and called the defender showed up to fight a fight. And I was at my school this morning, this when I got the first phone call. 
And I went home and got him the phone number he wanted. And then I came back to my school. And I'm pretty sure he called me again. And that's when I told him to dig in. And this is summer. There's no one else there. But I was just standing outside my classroom sobbing. Because it was already hard that he was gone. And now I had to be, as my students would say, his ops. I had to be his opposing force here. Now he invited it. That was hard. And I wouldn't even say you were my opposing force. I knew you were on my team. And in that moment, my wife was the only person on my team. She was the only person in that moment that I trusted to filter through what was going through my brain, to filter through this fight that I was in, not physically at the moment, but, and I needed, I needed her clarity. I needed her to wade through the emotion and the facts. I I gave her all the details I had in my brain and I needed her to filter through all of that and be clear for me, be clear headed and, and tell me what to do. And when he invited me in to say what I had to say, like it was really hard. But just like I said in my journal, I was super grateful that he was having this there. (laughs) Because this was giving him an opportunity to put into practice what he'd been learning for the last 17 days and to learn how to work it work through it and be healthy in this. And I wasn't carrying it. I wasn't carrying other than the phone call. I wasn't carrying him spiraling in that moment. And up until this point, it wasn't that I wasn't doing the work. No, he had glowing reviews from everybody. I, I woke up first. I got into my Bible. I got into prayer. I got into journaling. I was reading books. I was going to bed early at night. I was engaging my fellow clients. I was doing whatever the therapist asked me to do. I I was really working hard with the idea of I'm going to work hard at getting better and I'm going to get better faster than than anyone else or than I'm going to be the fastest that I can be. I didn't feel like I was competing against anyone else. So I shouldn't say better than anyone else because I didn't feel competitive towards my fellow clients, but I was definitely competing against a clock and against myself. And I don't know. It just is what it is. That's just the way I am. And I'm glad this happened. It, it, I was truly, uh, embarrassed And uh, I didn't like how shameful I felt towards these people that had been helping me for the previous 17 days. And as I said in my journal, I didn't like the, the, the realization that, that this is something that my wife and my daughters have had to see and put up with. Um, And now on this side of it, with that 
2020 hindsight, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to understand this part of me that has these big reactions that has helped me survive in Iraq and as a police officer for so many years. And I want this part to to be ready if anyone ever literally threatens me or my family's life to where I can step up and defend us. And otherwise, I want this this part to take a side seat or back seat. Because I don't need them. So, the call to action today is that you can do hard things. So dig in and do it. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Marriage Mondays. We want to hear from you folks. How are we doing here on the podcast? There's a few different ways for you to communicate back to us. First and foremost, please follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. That will cause the next episode to come up. You can also rate and review us if you're listening on Spotify or Apple. There's five stars waiting on our main page. We'd really appreciate a five-star rating if, if we've earned five stars, folks. If we haven't earned your five stars, go ahead and keep them. Shoot us an email instead at chris at gravityct.com. Let us know how to make it better. Future Marriage Monday topics or guests for me to interview. Folks. We only get to live this life once. Actually, no, this is your part, Jane. What are you doing? I'm doing the normal ending. You, you jump in with the Marriage Monday ending. My bad. Remember, friends, getting married is easy. Staying married is real tough. So, so go, go and, and love, love well. well.